0: Brendan Doherty with the Dirt Bags Baseball Dirt Talk Podcast. Excited about our guest today, Bradley LaCroix from Clemson University Tigers. He's going to be joining us today. Talk a little bit about the upcoming season, some recruiting, a little bit about his career in coaching, his playing career. Uh, Bradley played for and coached with uh, one of the legends in in all of baseball, uh, Jack Leggett. So, hopefully, we're going to get a chance to uh, break a little bit of that down with them, but also talk some recruiting with them. Um, the the upcoming season, we're just days away from baseball season cranking up. College baseball starts on Friday. Uh, pretty much everybody in the country, with the exception of Ivy League schools, are are opening up. Um, as, a, well, as a matter of fact, I think the, the Ivies um, are also opening up. But um, we're going to break that down with them. The high school season starting, college coaches are, are kind of getting their focus and their list together on... Uh, you know, who they're going to go out and see when they can get back out on the road, which is March 1st, Uh, professional baseball, pitchers and catchers report this week. So, exciting time of year, looking forward to uh, baseball kind of cranking up. We just got through the Super Bowl, and that's kind of, for me, is a little bit of the, uh, the, the next phase of baseball season. You got... You know the the busy time. You got the season for the high school and the college, and and then um, you know our summer season cranks up, and we're gonna you know it, this has kind of been the little bit of a lull or the downtime of year for us, and and now it's starting to crank back up. Get on get on the road and go out and see see some players and see some games and, and kind of evaluate things and and have the ability to break break down and, and talk to people and uh, exciting time it's always an exciting time when baseball seasons uh, coming coming around the corner and I, I'm excited I know uh, Bradley's excited um, got a young team I think but um, an exciting team uh, Bradley this Bradley's going into his 12th season as an assistant coach, recruiting coordinator uh, for Clemson. Um, he started his coaching career at Anderson University in the upstate. He was then went back and was the volunteer at Clemson. Uh, from there, he was the recruiting coordinator, assistant and recruiting coordinator at Western Carolina University. Todd Raleigh was the head coach there, and then Uh, Todd Riley moved over to University of Tennessee, and Bradley went along with him. He was the recruiting coordinator there at Tennessee and then back at Clemson, and he's been there for 12 years. Bradley's um, highly, highly thought of as one of the best uh, assistant coaches in the country. He's well on his way to... Uh, becoming a head coach, it's just, it's always uh, about that right fit, um, the right opportunity, not only for um, himself, but for his family. Uh, that's a huge piece in, in everything that we do is, is our family. Um, but again, you know, he, he's had multiple, multiple recruiting classes ranked in the country. He was also as a player. Uh, Was on the played played at Clemson, so he's a Clemson alum. Um, He was on the 2000 College World Series team. Uh, Was an integral part. Was an infielder at Clemson, Um, and we're we're excited to have Bradley. Um, We're we're going to break down um, next week. Follow all follow us on all our social media platforms on Twitter is at Dirtbag underscore Swag. Instagram, dirtbags, underscore, swag, underscore, Facebook, dirtbagsbaseball, and our website, thedirtbags.com. And we uh, our, our past podcasts are also linked up on our website. We're on a couple different platforms. Um, you can go on and, and listen to our past past podcast. Kevin Schnall joined us last week. Um, got some great guests, but next week I want to get into some questions. So we're going to open up on our on our social media and, and um, we'll, we'll put it out there in the next uh, couple of days um, where, where you can ask the questions. Um, we we'll, want to ask some questions that uh, myself our staff, or staff or even our, our guests uh, are gonna have the opportunity to answer um recruiting whatever it may be uh upcoming season recruiting questions um development questions ba- any type of baseball questions we're gonna kind of dive into to breaking down some some questions. Um, appreciate all the the love that the podcast has gotten over the last, uh, you know, the first couple episodes. Excited about that. Um, we're going to continue this and, and get more in depth with uh, a bunch of different topics. But I want to hear from um, the folks out there some, some questions. Maybe it's about the rules. Maybe it's about... Uh, what programs are looking for? Uh, why? Or uh, why do we think? You know what, what needs to happen um, to to be recruited or to be seen or, or what? Um, you know we we hit, we touch base on it uh, in the, in the first first podcast. Uh, Andy and I talked about. Um, you know, what what what's the, the best way to be seen? And uh, we broke we broke it down, but let's get in depth and and ultimately we don't want to be um you know we, we wanna be problem solvers. I like to say that. Um, you know, don't don't be 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 a problem solver if there's if there's a an issue, um, you know, let's let's try to fix it. Let's try to break it down and and get to the nuts and bolts of things, and ultimately, you know, the, the, there can be some changes made. My biggest thing before we get Bradley um, on the show is, you know, you, you talk about all the the outside influences that that can come into play. But ultimately, you know, what it boils down to is baseball is a game of adjustments. Baseball is a game of failure. You're going to fail way more than you succeed. So how do you handle the failure? That's number one. That, that's, that's a key. How What, what is your body language? How, how do you, you know, manage it? Um, we know there's going to be some streaks in there where you're, you know, you're, you're having a bad week, or you're having a bad game. Um, you, you can only control what you can control. How do you kind of manage the the failures, and how do you you kind of you know what what do you feel like is your best attribute? You have to look yourself in the mirror uh, and say, okay, this is what I'm good at. These are the things that I really want to work at, that I want to try to fix. How do I attack those things and then move forward and become a better player? You know, you have to constantly want to learn and get better. But you also have to be able to handle, Not number one, you have to be able to handle constructive criticism. That's a huge piece in being successful, not just in baseball, but in any stage of life. You have to be, you want to be a learner. You want to learn. I want to learn. I want to be, you know, the best possible all-around player or coach. So you're always trying to learn. You're always trying to talk to people. Hey, hey, I got this drill or I I do this. I I got a good, um, you know, little session uh, in last week, but you know, I wasn't really comfortable, so, so you got anything else? You got anything that, that will allow me to, to kind of um, progress as a either a hitter, a pitcher, position player, or, you know, infielder, outfielder, catcher, whatever that may be? You know, what, what you always want to constantly be learning, constantly taking the information. It doesn't mean you're a copycat. It just ultimately, you know, you want to take Hey, I like that drill. We do it all the time. I mean, they say the NFL is a, a copycat league because they have one one team is doing something that's successful. The uh, you know guys see it and, and they want they want to use the same thing because it's successful. That's that's with anything. That's with life. That's with all all the things that we do. You want to take something if you like it, you take it. Hey, maybe you tweak it. Maybe you take what you've been doing. And, and a little piece of what you just were taught or saw, and you kind of mesh those together. And ultimately, you have something that not only helps you, but it may help your teammate. It may help um, your, your team, your coach. Um, so ultimately, you got to want to be a learner uh, as much as you want to be someone that, um, you know, How how do I become good? That's always the question. What what things do I need to work on? What do I need to get better at? You can get better all the time. That's the the goal is every single day. You want to try to get better and and get 1% better every day. All right. Join today. Thanks for being on the show, Bradley. Uh, Excited. Again, to uh, I know it's a bit busy time of year, trying to coordinate some of this stuff. You guys are are getting ready for opening day a few days away, and kind of your last practice weekend was this past weekend, last inter squad weekend, and um you, you guys, I, I looking at looking at some stuff. You, you, you lost some guys. To the draft last year, you got you got you got some some big pieces back, um, but you know, are a young team, veteran team, what what kind of team uh, are the Tigers looking at moving into the fall? You got a lot of questions answered, or you still got some up in the air, waiting on the first season. And it's not like you guys just you know you got a, you got a cupcake coming in this weekend. You got a good Liberty Club. That uh, was a regional team last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all,
1: thanks for having me on. Uh, i'm Going to enjoy this this podcast with you. But uh, yeah, we're excited. We open up Friday at just, uh, a really good Liberty team. You know, coached by Scott Jackson, who's a good friend of mine. and was an assistant in North Carolina for a long time. Has done a tremendous job there at Liberty, and I think they won 42, 43 games last year. Um, Won, won a game or two in the regional in Chapel Hill. Um, very very good team. I mean, they got a lot of pitching returning. Um, they're similar to us as far as they lost some dynamic players offensively, uh, but they've got a good nucleus back. But uh, yeah, we're excited about it. Um, Trying to figure out what we know about our team. Um, like you said, we lost some. We lost some key pieces. I mean, we lost Logan Davidson, who was a two-time All-American for us. He was a first-round draft pick of the Oakland Athletics. Um it was back to back years that we had a first rounder, only one of two schools in the country. Us in Oregon State, um, to have consecutive years with first round draft picks between Logan and Seth Beer the year before. Yeah. Um but we lost we lost a couple other guys, Grayson Bird, who was a fifth year senior who had a magical fifth year for us and Cal Wilkie who was a he was a staple behind the plate. He was a he was a great college baseball player. Um just grinded out, called every day for us, you know, got drafted by the Pirates and playing professional baseball. But we, we, you know, people look at it and say, hey, you lost some pieces. And we did. Um, but we, we've got a lot of guys back that, that have a lot of experience where it's you know, 60, 80 bats or more. we got six or seven guys like that. So, um, obviously they need to take a jump and, and be better than what they were last year. Um, but you, you feel like they will, especially the freshmen last year. You know they usually take that big jump their sophomore year. Um, so we're excited to see what those guys do. And then we're really, really excited about our pitching. We feel like this is the most depth and most stuff that we've had on the staff in a long, long time. With the nucleus of guys that are coming back, we got three or four freshmen that are going to pitch a lot for us. Um, and then we got two guys coming back from Tommy John surgery that you know have the best fastballs in our team and. Uh, Spencer Strider, who was a freshman All-American, you know, two years ago, who missed last year, he's back. You know, fastball to 96. Then we have a retro freshman Carter Raffield who's got a big-time arm. So we're excited about our team. Uh, like any coach, you know, you, you you really don't know what you're getting because in the inter squad, as you've been through it before, you know, you're happy when you're pitching one day, you're you're disappointed you're hitting, and then vice versa the next day. So we're looking forward to playing a.
0: Playing a different team and finding out what we got. Yeah, I, I I think that's all. That's always the toughest, the the toughest gauge of things. Uh, especially, you know, the fall is the is is the fall, and and some of those younger guys don't. You 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 honestly, they've got so much that's being thrown at them, especially even. You know, your freshmen coming in, but even if you have some maybe transfer or JUCO guys, the fall there's so much being thrown at them with with a kind of a new uh, you know atmosphere and and act with classes and the weightlifting and and practice and individuals, the intensity to it that you you I always felt like you know you get through the fall and and you know kind of where you're at. And then once they come back they have a chance to kind of process all the information because there's a lot of information that that gets thrown at especially younger players that you know they they tend to kind of have a chance to breathe and and process it and they come back in the the January and moving in to you know closer to the season they're, they're You're starting to see, okay, yeah, this this guy, man, he he was a little overwhelmed in the fall, but this is the guy we recruited. And then, but you just don't ever know. You just, you know, one weekend is, man, we can really pitch. And one weekend you think you can really hit. And until you see another team in another uniform, you know, you you just don't ever know.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. I think the fall is, yeah, and we tell guys in the recruiting process, especially once they get here um, in, in summer school, the, the when they enter summer school before their freshman year, that the fall semester of your freshman year is going to be the toughest semester you have because it's, it's, it's like working a 40-hour week job. I mean, they've got weights, they've got study hall, they got tutors, they got mentor programs, they've got you know, practice on top of that. they got to do their extra work. Um, they've got meetings with our career service department to prepare them for after school. They already go ahead and start that in the freshman year. So they're, they're, it's kind of like they're punched in the face. Um, and, and the first, the first, you know, six to eight weeks of that fall semester, a lot of times your freshmen are walking around like zombies, like what just hit me. Um, and we saw it again, this, this, this fall. Um, whereas, at the early part of the fall, the, the new the new guys kind of struggle a little bit, but once beginning of October, mid-October comes, they kind of get their legs back underneath them. The, the pitcher's delos start going back up. You know, the position guys' bat speed's go start going back up because they they finally figured out, you know, they finally figured out how to manage their time. That's We tell guys all the time that's what college is all about, is how managing your time. Um, and, and they start to figure it out. But – the fall, you're right. The fall's tough because you spend the first half of fall evaluating what you have, especially in your new guys. The returning guys, have been made jumps from summer ball or, or, or their workouts in the summer? Um, and then you kind of start putting a plan together in the, the fall. And then, you know, the one thing that is not great about us is, you know, we come back in January and and we got three weeks, um, you know, to, to get after it for our first game. I mean, it's not like professional baseball where we have you know they have six seven weeks of spring training to really really get to 100 percent. i mean every every place in the country to start this weekend and a friday night starter you know it's going to be on a pitch count whether it's 60 to 80 pitches i would think um because those guys aren't ready to go past that yeah um, but that's okay because you learn you find out you get to pitch more guys early in the year and you find out what kind of depth you got so it's it's, it's kind of you know it's two total different phases uh, but it's good and you learn you, you evaluate and you find out what the kids are made of in the fall that's for sure
0: yeah no no question I, I think it's you know it, it's tough to to put on there you know is there a better is there a better way obviously they've opened up um you know the ability for for guys to play some in the fall which is which is huge because it, it breaks up the monotony. I feel like of you know that fall session, just got you play the set. You do the same thing, and I think your older guys that have been through it that know how to kind of guy you know go through the fall without as much um, you know intensity. They know when to turn it on and off, and those younger guys you know, they, they kind of go, oh, well, well he's not, you know, he's not in the cage every day. Um, you know, why do I, I have to be in there if he, if the older, you know, one of the gut returners isn't in there. But now, you know, you're playing somebody else so that they, they do have something to look forward to. And, and maybe that, you know, that work ethic that's, that is always there, it's always been in that player, um, you know, but Again, they know how to get through the fall, especially the older guys. They know how to get through it, and you ultimately, those freshmen, they have to understand because you're right, 100%. It is, it, it's a different animal um, from anything that that a freshman walking in the door in, in any program, regardless of who it is, especially nowadays in college baseball, got guys are just, you know, it is a hundred miles an hour from you know as soon as you walk set foot on campus.
1: Yeah, it is, and I think the the one thing that we have done great in college baseball is allow the, the, the games in the fall and to to play outside opponents, which is which has helped a lot because the fall can especially for your older guys, and as you know, the fall can can get get boring for them,
0: right? Um, because They've heard they've heard the coaches talk about the first and third defense and the butt defense for four three years now. Yep.
1: Um so when that other team that other dugout comes adds a little juice. Um and one thing I think we've done a good job in the fall. We tried to play one at home and play one on the road where, you know, we treated it as a as a road trip. This yeah. fall we went up to Knoxville and played Tennessee and we went up on Friday night. Um we're able to practice at UT on Friday night, stay in the hotel, get up and play kind of a, a longer scrimmage on Saturday. So those freshmen uh, and those new guys, or, or even the red shirt guys who didn't travel last year, they get a taste of it yeah. uh, of how, how the road is a business trip and how we do
0: things as far as, you know, hotel roommates and, and meetings and meals and preparation, the packing, and I mean, things that people, you don't think about. Nah, you, you know that, yeah, you that, take that it, the guys, that you take it for granted. No yeah. question. So it, it's a good learning experience for those guys,
1: um, and, and to, to challenge, to see what other programs are doing as well, and it's, you know, even as players are always developing, you know, coaches, we're trying to get better all the time, and, you know, to see what kind of case setup people have, and what kind of machines they're using. So it's always good to, to see what other people are, are doing and trying to, to better their program. But it, it's, it's been a good thing as far as the fall games, and, and hopefully um, we'll be able to continue to do that. I mean, obviously, like anything in coaching, in, in, in any of our sports, we'd like to do more. Um, but I think two's two's good. Two's is good. Um, you know, if we can get maybe a couple more, that'd be great. But I think two a good number, and it gives us a chance to – to to play one at home and then and then go on the road and play one on the road, you know, in the
0: fall. Yeah, I I, I think yeah, you you brought up a great point, and you know, I talked earlier about you know learning and and you know getting trying to get one percent better every day in the game, and and it's not just you know it's not just. Your players, obviously, that's what you strive for. That's what we're, you know, in coaching for, is is these guys to to develop them and get them better. But as as a coaching staff, you know, you, you guys are always trying to um, better better yourself, better the program, better your players. You know, and I know you've done, you know, you you guys. I don't know if you you've got went anywhere this year, but I know in past years, you guys have always kind of taken a trip as a staff to, to kind of go and and see, you know, whether it be uh, a professional baseball or, or, you know, another college program or, um, you know, someone that, that has a, a, you know, facility or, or some type of um, development program, you you guys as a staff, right, you guys have gone and, and kind of Pick people's brains and and try to bring that back to your program as well. Yeah, yeah, we, I mean, we're very fortunate here
1: that you know we've got a supportive administration that, that allows us to, um, you know, we we've got a we've got a line in our budget for professional development, um, and that was very important to us as a staff. And fortunate, you know, Monty Lee, the head coach here, he, he's a very forward thinker, um, and we'll. We, we, we're always trying to learn um, and, we, and we've taken some cool trips um, you know I, I think the highlight of all the trips we've taken is, is a couple of years ago we we took the whole staff out the, to Arizona um, <clears throat> to the Dodgers instructional league in the fall um, we spent three days out there in um, instructional league for people that don't know that's the fall period for professional team where they're really working on development. They're not just playing. So they're, doing, they're, they're working on drills and how to get every aspect of a, of a prospect's game better. Um, and they, they were unbelievable to us. I mean, they, they put us in the locker room with the coaches. We dressed out in Dodger gear. Um, and still to the day, you know, somebody on our staff talked to somebody in the Dodgers organization, um, you know, at least two to three times a week about, things that they're doing to, to help their their players, not just in baseball, but nutrition and strength and conditioning from a mental game, um, their mental skills coach, things that they're doing to relieve the pressure of the game of baseball. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. And we've got you – know, fortunately we've got some other connections. We, we learned a lot from uh, you know, a guy that was with us for about a year and a half who's now the hitting coordinator with the St. Louis Cardinals, Russ Steinhorn. Who was our director of player development? Um, he was a he was a manager um, in the Astros organization before he came here. Obviously, I know we have all the cheating scandal with the Astros at the big league level, but the one thing they did was they did a really good job of of using technology to develop their prospects at the minor league level. Uh, so a lot of things that he he brought to us, and, and we we've, we've, we've grown on that. We we've made our own. Um, you know, <clears throat> made our own ways of doing things that sure. maybe he taught us or or told us. Um, when it comes to machine work and heavy bat work with our position guys and and arm shaping with connection balls for position guys and pitchers. Um, and I, but I think that the one thing is is you got to believe in what you do. Um, you got to have staples that are that are absolutes in your program, but then you always expand from there. Um, I think sometimes, and we talk about it too, is you can't you can't try to throw too much at the guys. Sure. Um, but you got but you gotta you gotta continue to learn and you gotta continue to get better. And one thing today, especially at our level, um, you know, these guys that we're getting to play here at Clemson and, and all over the country in college baseball, these guys are
0: smarter now than you know the kids were ten or fifteen years ago because right. so they're growing up.
1: They're growing up in the age of technology and social media, where they know what spin rate means. They know what tilt means. They know what the bat sensor does. They know what the TrackMan does. They 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 read a lot. They they're, they're they're smart enough to be
0: dangerous, right? So you better be you better be prepared to to be
1: able to you know adapt to that type of player and, and coach them. Yes. You know, the one thing is, I think sometimes we all. Maybe you are on the technology too much. But the one great thing about the technology is as a coach's eyes and you're trying to coach a guy um, and you keep telling him, hey, your swing's too steep. You keep clipping balls, blah, blah, blah. And he, he doesn't grasp that concept. Well, that's
0: where the back sensor comes in. right? And, and it shows him his approach angle. Is negative two when it needs to be in between eight and fifteen. Right now you got validity.
1: Now you have validity in what you're telling that young man, as far as hey this this technology piece right here is saying the same thing we've been telling you for two months. And it's not that they don't trust you and believe you. Maybe they just can't feel
0: it. Right. But now it's factual information to
1: them. Um, so it's just a it's just a teaching tool. Yeah. Um. And it helps. And, and but you have to you have to get your guys to buy into
0: it. And, and kids nowadays though, they're more willing to buy into it because it's technology and that's what they live every day. Whole, no. Um, no question. So it, 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 it's a good piece, though. Yeah. I, I, I see the same thing. You it, you're you're 100 right. It's it's. You know the technology is is the what 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 you see as a coach and you're you're you know you're trying you know you you have video and video was obviously a huge part of of all programs and and guys can see it but now it it, can, it does it can get so in depth but what it you're right a hundred percent is that it allows them it allows it gives some validity. To what you're saying to them, because now that you're saying it, and now you can show it to them, and they now go, "Oh, okay, that's what you're talking about." Because you're right. It is a, it is an age, um, of of technology, and it is a visual. Uh, I I think you know now more so than ever is is a visual kids learn visually now more than anything, just because that's what's out there. That's what's being taught. I mean, you go into the schools um, that, you know, you, you have, you have young kids and I mean, they're using, they're using whiteboards and, and, you know, all these electronics and iPads and, you know, you got, you got to walk in the house and, you know, you got your nine year old and you're asking him, Hey man, how do I get on this uh, thing on this iPad? And he's like, Oh yeah, let me show you, you know? And and, it's,
1: yeah, you're 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 exactly right, I, and I think that you part of the coach is you have to adapt with times, and and I think some some people in our game have you know kind of been stubborn to it, um, and, and I'm not saying that, that the technology piece is, is the end all, of end all
0: because it's not. You still got to do the basics of how the proper way to field a ground ball. Yeah, you got to have it though. Ball. You got to have technology. Yes, but you, but but. You know, we
1: all have to. I mean, it's just just like in football. I right? yep.
0: thirty years ago, they were running the wish ball. Yeah, right. No question. Nobody runs the wish ball now because the game has evolved and coaches
1: have adapted. And 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 we just saw LSU win national championship with Joe Burrow throwing the ball all over the field. Yep. Thirty years ago, that would not have happened.
0: Yeah. Um, it, 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 and I Shoot three three years ago at LSU that 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 wasn't happening. They were they were that, that's, just that's right. And you know, they took their program to another level, right? Because they, you know, Coach Orgeron finally bought in. Like, hey, we've got to get up with the times, and they had special players, and obviously that, that really helped, right? But that's um, that's a key too. You, ha- you if you have the ability to to you know that type of athlete, then yeah, it makes the adjustment period easier. You know, I mean. Yeah. you can see it. One, one yeah. of your, you know, uh, you're, you're going to have different types of players at, at Clemson or or anywhere playing baseball, and and what may work, what may have worked for for Logan Davidson, you know, that may not work for Reagan Reed, you know. So you you That's have right. to That's two two different. Right. And we're, we're, kind of,
1: we're kind of this year on the offensive side. We're we're in a little bit of a transition mode because you know in the past weeks, you know, we hit a
0: lot of home runs yeah.
1: i mean we have and that was the type of players we had and we've got some guys that have power this year but i i don't think i mean i hope but i think this year i don't think our offense this year we're gonna hit 85 90 100 home runs like we had in the past so we've had to change our practice plans as far as you know we're working more on situational
0: hitting sure um you know the short game,
1: and that just goes back to my thing about you know being a coach, and especially at any level, the college, the high school level. I mean, you're going to have different teams every year. You want, yes, you recruit, you try to build your program to to what you like as an offensive philosophy or a pitching philosophy. But you know, with the attrition and the draft and and injuries. Sometimes you're going to have to change the way you do things, and we're a little bit that way offensively this year, and that's fine. It's kind of exciting. It's a, it's a, it's a new thing that we're able to teach, and you know we're trying to cater our philosophy and the way things we're going to do around the type of players we have. We have more athletic, running type players this year that can put pressure on guys rather than hey, let's sit back and and wait for. Seth beer or Logan Davidson or Chris Williams
0: or Grayson Bird to get up there and hit that three run jack. Right, you know it's not going to be what we are this year,
1: um, but that's good. I mean, it's good. It's good for a coach because we got we gotta coach and teach a different way. We got to get our guys to buy in that hey, <clears throat> we have got to be able to drag bunt when it's there. We got to be able to hit behind runners. You know, very rarely in the past is,
0: we've taught it. Right. Some guys are aligned, but most of most of the time, we just said, "Hey, hit for yourself, man. Drive that guy in because you got a chance to leave the yard." Right.
1: Now it's going to be more of a team concept of hitting behind that runner because we feel like our strength is our pitching and defense, and you know we're going to win games five to three
0: this year rather than ten to seven. Right. Um, now I, I hope we hit a home run. Home sure. Run. Sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. Good. No. No question. The the you know it, we. We're, we've talked a bunch about you know the the, play, the player development side and and the high, adapting and and talking about you know you're you're this is your thirteenth season at Clemson um, as the recruiting coordinator you you were you know you you were a player at Clemson so you know the the history and the tradition at Clemson. Uh, is is unmatched, obviously, um, but you know you you've been through you, you you played for a legend in in college baseball, um, you worked for a legend in college baseball, Coach Leggett, and um, you know you you were at. You started out at Anderson, and and then you you know you went you went back to Clemson as the volunteer, and then you went to Western Carolina and Tennessee, and and then back at Clemson. You, you've seen kind of. You know, we, you you've seen all facets of the the recruiting side of things. Um, you know, at at each level, uh, Western Carolina was a you know is is a, a very good program. Um, obviously, Tennessee being in the SEC, um, Anderson is is a very good uh, college baseball program as well historically, and and I think you know you're you're you didn't just kind of I played at Clemson I was the volunteer and then I I you know got the opportunity to be the recruiting coordinator so all I know is Clemson, you you've had a chance to kind of go out and and kind of have to to take a guy and and you still do it I'm sure but you had to take a guy that maybe had this piece and hopefully you know, we can work with this guy, and and I see something else in this guy, and he's going to make a jump at some point. I just don't know where it is. Where at Clemson, Tennessee, you may that guy may be there, and how do we get him? You know, to to even higher levels. So, so just just break down. You know, your your experiences with that. You know, the the different types of of players that you've had to recruit throughout the course of your, you know, coaching career?
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, well first of all, my, you know, I've been very blessed and fortunate in my journey in, in coaching, um, you know, I was very fortunate to get an opportunity to play here at Clemson out a high school, um, you know, it was a lifelong dream growing up in the state uh, to, to play at a school that, you know, I grew up a fan of, you know, I grew up in a small town about 25 30 minutes away from clemson and you know i remember coming to football games as a little kid and and got the opportunity and you know to play for a guy like coach leggett and then work for him who is not just a great coach a legend you know just a great mentor um for when i played for him and then when i when i coached for him and worked for him in two different stints um that the The growth he had on me and the mindset and and him making me a man and as a coach that that kind of you know what what you hope to do for young people that you that you touch in our game um and, and and obviously too I mean you know the staff that I played under here at Clemson was phenomenal with with Coach Leggett as we're saying and then you know Kevin O'Sullivan, who's the head coach of Florida, was our pitching coach, and then Tim Corbin, who's the head coach of Vanderbilt, who recruited me and, and was our was our coach of the position players. Um, the the energy and the, the the competitiveness that those three guys
0: had. Yeah, that that was a big yeah. time staff. No, I, I mean I know people yeah. realize that, but holy cow, think about that. That's that's pretty yeah. impressive. The, the the
1: the one thing that you know the difference. You know, and I'll get back to your question in a minute. But the one thing that, that the difference between playing for Coach Leggett and then coaching for him, you know, I, I saw both sides of it. Um, and he was, <laughs> Coach was was very demanding of of us in practice. Um, but and and as a player, sometimes you ask, you know, why do we keep doing these things repetitive until we get it perfect? But because when it came to game time. We were so well coached, and, and we had a plan of what we were doing, you know, it just happened. Right. You didn't have to think about what happened, how to do things, you know, your your reaction and, and our preparation was so good that we were ready for anything that happened, and, and obviously it was fortunate to play with some really good players We had to play in the college the series and, um but series, but it was a great learning experience, and, and I owe a lot to Coach Leggett and Sully and Corbs, and they were great to me, but... You know, to be honest with you, coming. You know, when I came here, obviously we all dream of playing in the big leagues. And, you know that didn't happen. And both my parents were school teachers, and so I so I majored in education. And you know, at that time I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach high school and I'm gonna coach high school football and coach baseball. That's what I wanted to. Do. I had no dreams of coaching college baseball. Um, and I remember when I got done playing, um, Coach Corbin called me and he says. I had another year to finish after I graduate. I did my student teaching and coach Corbin called me and he's like, Riley, what's your plans for next year while you finish your degree? And I'm like, ah, I really don't have any. I think it's just gonna maybe get a side job, make some money. And he said, what about, you know, helping out at Anderson and being an assistant coach? And I'm like, wow, sounds great. You know, and got the opportunity and worked for Joe Miller at Anderson university for, for two years. Um, and it was it was awesome. I mean, going from you know the highest level of college baseball to a Division two school, um, where you see you see how much it means to young men. They they don't take anything for granted um, when they show up at the field. And, and then on the weekends in the fall, we're parking cars at the Anderson County Fair, so we have money for to. To be able to take a bus instead of vans on the, right, the yeah. spring, um, you know, you're you're selling donuts at the angles on Saturday morning, so the guys can have cold weather jackets, so they don't have to pay for them. But it, it just, it just, like, it just opened my eyes to like, hey, this is this is what it's all about, as far as like, these guys <clears throat> love to play and they do anything to play, and I tell guys all the time. If you want to play college baseball, there's somewhere out there, some level that you can go and play, um, and and get a good education and do that. But, so I was in Anderson for two years, learned a lot of, you know, baseball stuff in Anderson, but I learned a lot of, of how to do things with not a lot, um, you know, when it comes to, to field work, to recruiting budget, to, to just making ends meet, um, but then had the opportunity to come back to Clemson for three years as a volunteer assistant. And that's when I really started to really dive into the, the coaching aspect of it. And I give a lot of credit to to Kevin O'Sullivan. He kind of took me under his wing and, and gave me a lot of responsibility for a, for a young 23 year old in the recruiting, recruiting part uh, of the world at a high level, um, of on-campus visits and, and, and mail-outs and little things that I never never even thought about, but he trusted me and he gave me direction, um, and all I wanted to do was work hard, man. I just wanted to work hard and, and earn my keep and hopefully get an opportunity to, to to coach at a high level one day, and you know, and, and like anything in any profession, you got to catch some breaks here and there, um, and, and so I was here for three years as a volunteer, and then, you know, at some point, as we all, you know, we gotta we gotta start making some
0: money, right? You know, yeah, and, yeah.
1: And so I had I had a couple opportunities, and you know, I decided to go to Western Carolina. Um, had some familiarity with the program in Cullowhee, um, knew the head coach, you know, somewhat had a relationship with him. I knew it was a really good baseball program. <laughs> Um and just took a you know, I had a another opportunity that was that was more money, but you know, it wasn't about the money. I, I mean if it was about the money I would have never took the job at Anderson, my first
0: job making four thousand dollars a year. Right. Um so so I took that opportunity, um <clears throat> was
1: great, two years there working for Todd Raleigh. You know, we were fortunate second year we had a really, really good team, went to a regional final in Chapel Hill. Uh, you know, we had you know a couple guys that made it to the big leagues on that team. Some really good players, and, and just just great, great kids that that loved to play baseball. And they were tough, and, and they they just wanted to win. Yeah. They didn't care about the the fluff, and they didn't care about the you know anything outside of hey, let's get on the field and let's just win. And it was it was one of the the greatest thing to see because we had a mixture of everything. We had some older guys. We had some freshmen back then. That was when you could have the transfers and they didn't have to sit out. So we had, we had a transfer from Clemson playing first base. We had a transfer from Wilmington playing second base, two of the three weekend stars we had were a transfer from Pepperdine and another transfer. And, but the way they messed and just bought in, um, to, to achieving a goal and get to a regional and playing a regional final against North Carolina. It was maybe one of the best years that <clears throat> in my coaching career that I've had because I knew that those those kids, they invested
0: in what we tried to instill as coaches and they bought in. Yeah. Um, but we, we were
1: fortunate to, to tie after that year, Todd got the job at Tennessee and, and <clears throat> he asked me to go with him. And, you know, I was there for three years and, it was a great experience, I tell you. The SEC was—it was the program was down, um, and we were trying to rebuild the program. And you know, in that league, and just
0: like our league in the ACC, I mean, the, the teams aren't getting worse. No, right? So, yeah, exactly. Um, it was, it's it was, not, it was, it's not it it's not easy to rebuild in those in those leagues. That's for sure. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And it was it was it was a challenge.
1: Um, but if you're if you're a competitor you know, you want to be challenged. And I, and I thought that that was, that that was three years great experience. You know, enjoyed Knoxville, got to compete in the SEC and um, get to see, kind of get out of my comfort zone a little bit in the ACC area and, and see what they had in the SEC. Um, and that was a great experience because you, you, a lot of times you learn, too, especially like in recruiting and coaching, you learn by doing stuff and it's failing. And you realize, like, okay, you know, if I had to do that over again, I would do it differently because it didn't work that way. Yeah. Um, and I use I use those experiences of when we failed at times in Tennessee, of you know, in our staff meetings, I bring them up all the time, and and Monty does too from his times at at South Carolina and Charleston, and Andrew does as well of his times at App and Ohio and Duke. <clears throat> um, and it helps you as a coach go back to learning and. Learning from your experiences, um, and so I was at Tennessee for three years, and then um, obviously when Tom Reginas left here and went to Winthrop um, to be the head coach, and your know, coach Layton called me and asked me to come back, and um, you know there was there was no there was no you know decision making. Right. That was I was I was definitely coming back and and, and coming home to to where I went to school and my wife went to school and. You know, just been very blessed to uh, to be here. This will be my tenth year back in this stint um, to work here in a great school, great tradition program, great place to. I got I got two kids, nine and seven. It's a great place to raise a family, and um, you know. But going to your question about the different types of players, um, you're exactly right. Um, you know, I, obviously at the, the Division two level with Anderson. Um, you try to find the diamond in the rough and recruiting guys kind of under the radar. A lot of times you're getting guys there that you know, just really want to play college baseball. And you got to develop them. You got to take some chances on some guys. Um, And then, uh, you know, at the level like in Western Carolina, the SoCon, um, you know, you you find guys that you you take guys that maybe have one tool. You know, a, a guy that wasn't a great athlete they could really hit you know and you figure out where he plays and all that kind of stuff later but uh you, you get a guy like that you take him you take him because hitting's obviously tough to teach and you know you, you get an arm at western carolina type place and you know maybe when you sign he's 84 85 but his arm works good and you're like this guy's gonna this guy's gonna be good when he's 20 or 21 years old and, um you know, the difference is <clears throat> a lot of times people say this all the time. And it's totally true at a place like uh, Western Carolina, you know, you're going to piss that guy, even as a, as a freshman, if he's not ready, right. um, which in the long haul is probably really good for him. You know, if that guy comes to an ACC or an SEC school, he's probably going to get some innings his freshman, sophomore year, but you know, he's going to be behind some guys that are really good. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes at a place like Clemson, you know, we're looking for we're looking for the guy that's that's a five-tool guy that can step in and be an all-American from day one. And, and, and but the problem with that is, is when you sign guys like that, they usually never show up on campus. So that's when <coughs> the development piece of the guys that you do have on campus really takes off. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Ed, are we going to get some blue chippers here? Absolutely, uh, but I think that's where recruiting is live lifeblood of your program. There's no doubt. But you have to be able to develop and coach and and get your players better once they get on your program. And and I think we've done a our, our numbers here at Clemson speak for that. As far as the guys who come in and who were drafted get go higher or or weren't even drafted at all and. Um, you know, it's not just coaching, but it's strength and conditioning. It's nutrition. It's, it's a lot of things the sports staff here at Clemson do. Um, but it's, it's different, um, you know, in all aspects of from junior college to Division three, Division two, you know, the so-called mid-majors, you know, to the Power Fives in recruiting.
0: We're all kind of looking for the same thing, but we're all let, looking for different things. Right.
1: Um, and that's where your philosophy of your program and what you like in a player – comes
0: in play yeah I I think that that's that's so true because you know you're you're you may you know you may see a guy that you know oh wow I love this guy but it, it boils down to you know we just don't at this point in time we don't have the need for that for that either position or or a particular guy and you know with the rules when when they back back in the day and you know this as well as I do back in the day you know a lot of those guys that were um that are that are playing in other places now were were sitting the bench at like you know the the bigger power 5 schools because you could offer them a $1000 book scholarship and they were just taking those guys to get them off the 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 market for you know the the Western Carolinas the Coastal Carolinas the um, you know the the South Alabamas and the and the Louisiana Lafayette type program and now with with the way the rules are you know you you've you've got gotta get the right type of players because you, you, you can't just take a flyer on a guy. So you have to go in and, and you probably see – you probably – the guys on your roster you've seen, um, you know, mo- so you or or your someone else, you know, on staff has seen these guys multiple times as players just so that, you know, whereas before you're like, hey, I see this guy has a good – one good day – And let's take a chance on them. Give them a thousand bucks, and the kid says, "Okay, yeah, I'm coming." Now, you know, you've got an investment in 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 all these players. At least twenty-seven of them, you have an investment in um, because you have to. And and you know, you it's not an exact science, but you're also trying to, you know, you you got to make the the right decisions on players now as opposed to before. You know, yeah, you could just say, hey, let's hope this guy gets here and develops, and if he does, then we look like geniuses. Now, yeah, you've you got to do all your yeah, research. I think, I, think, I think you're 100% right. I mean, I think it's,
1: it's two things that happen happened. As they've as, changed as the change rules as far as the, the minimum of 25% and only 27 guys on scholarship, I think the first thing is the parity. You know, it, it's it's really it's really helped – um, the mid majors with their talent, because you're exactly right. I mean, you know, we used to give guys books and a thousand bucks, and you know, we'd have forty five. All big programs we had forty five guys on scholarships. Yeah, and, and, and it was kind of, it's kind of like the the Boston Red Sox drop game, right. just throw it up on the board, and the cream will rise to the top. Right. Um. And and, and you know the one thing that did help back then on that was the transfer rule where you could transfer it to the house. So a lot of schools, not even majors, I mean, the the power fives benefited from that as well. But, you know, I understand why they changed it because they said the APR was bad and um, the APR has been cleaned up. But now, with the restrictions on us, you're exactly right. I mean, the, 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 you can't, I hate to use a word, but you can't miss on guys as much
0: as you could in the past. Yeah.
1: Because you only got 27 Guys on scholarship, and you know, recruiting is not a perfect science. You're going to miss, you know, guys are going to get injured, guys setbacks, um, you know, things are going to happen, you know, <clears throat> life happens. Um, but that also takes the play where those eight spots that are your walk ons, those guys are very important. And fortunately for us here, we're able to. To get some really good players that are preferred walk-ons at all baseball scholarships <laughs> that have contributed contributed in big ways for us, and I think that's that's the the depth of your program when it comes to the way they restrict us um, in a baseball scholarship way. It, it really helps when you have a good
0: you know nucleus of, of those guys who have preferred walk-ons. At a place like here, I mean, they're treated just like if they were before, right. right? Like our guys don't know who, if you
1: weren't an outside, if you were an outsider, you would come in here, and you wouldn't know who's on seventy percent, who's on nobody.
0: Right, and that, and that's 70%. what I think. That that's that's the biggest misconception. I think that you know out there because people don't have the information is. No one's – none of these guys, none of your players, none of the players anywhere are walking around, you know, with their chest out saying, I'm on this amount of money or or I – you know, I mean, there's probably one or two guys that, that are, but – the the you know ninety nine percent of the players in in all of college baseball they're not walking around saying you know well, I'm on this amount or I'm on that so n- nobody knows if if they're a if the guy's a walk on or he's on seventy percent just like you said it's it's a it's it's about you know every guy you know all, all everyone on your roster you know from the top to the bottom you know they all think they're gonna be the the starting shortstop and bat leadoff walking around, you know, until that until until that lineup gets posted and and you know they, they they don't have, you know that that's what kids kids are like today and and I just think that um that that's that piece is you know yeah you you I an outsider or or anyone that that knows any programs that you go to watch a game or or even evaluate a game like pro scouts pro, pro scouts and and no one knows what scholarship amount a guy is on they just start evaluating this guy's ability just like when you go to a game you know you're 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 evaluating um you're you're not just you're not evaluating just what the, the player does as f- for that particular game you, you want to see the failure probably more so when you're you're evaluating a guy you want to see how he acts when things aren't going good we know what it's like when when things are going good but when it's when hey is this guy does he fit our, our program you know when when it's things aren't as comfortable.
1: Yeah. no you're exactly right I mean in the evaluation process <clears throat> you know we we try to you know sometimes in the recruiting nowadays in college baseball unfortunately you have to um, you have to make a decision quick um, because maybe you, you you stumbled upon a kid and you've got a couple offers from other schools and you try to make a decision in the next week or a, you know, it's a junior college guy and you got one shot to see this guy and you make a decision. But, you know, in a perfect world, we would be able to evaluate these guys numerous times, log 20, 30 at bats, you know, see a guy start two or three times because, you know, unless he's a lead of elite and he's just on a hot streak, he's going to fail at some point. Mm. Now, how does he react to that? Because we, man, this is a mean game, you know, it's a hard game built for hard people um, and, and how are they going to react when there's going to be times when you come and play in the ACC on Friday night and that guy's going to that guy's going to be pretty good and you're going to go over for 4 with three punch outs um, how are you going to react you know that next day on Saturday when less than 24 hours you've got to turn around you've got to go again and just another really good arm um, and then the other thing too is <clears throat> I think it's big to me and I, I told you know we have camps and and i talked to parents and you know, i really talked to the, the prospects at our camps, um, you know, how, how, how do kids interact with their parents? You know, we're fortunate to, to be able to go to a place like Lake Point, um, and we can stand up in those towers at a perfect game or a PBR tournament and the game get over. And that, and that kid comes out of the dugout, that young man comes out of the dugout, his parents are waiting on him, um, does, does he does he take his bag? Does he take his bag out, or does the his dad take it? You know, does his mom try to talk to him, and he just and he just big leagues, big leagues her. You know, I think that's that's very important because that, that shows your character and what type of person you are. And there have been numerous times of of when I've seen a you know a, a young man, a, a guy that we like talent wise, that has you know kind of just he had a bad game. Hey, he's he's upset, and he just b-lines it to the car, and he doesn't want to talk to anybody. His his, his parents are spending tons of money for a summer ball and travel ball and hotels and all that, I and mean, then he ends up, you know, not respecting them the way he should. Um, you know, this is not being very grateful. Yeah. What's going to happen? You know, when we're here at a school like Clemson or any school, and we're trying to make that kid better, all these resources. And- when he starts failing, um, you know, how's he going to respond? And I think that's a big telltale of how people inter- – how young people interact with their parents, their summer coaches, their high school coaches, you know, their teammates. Um, you know, especially for pitchers, we, we like to see even during the summer when that guy's not pitching, you know, what kind of teammate is he? You know, is he supportive? Is he – is he throwing with the left fielder in between innings, or is he sitting on the bench over there, you know, drinking his Gatorade? Um, because you want will in our program, and when you have people of high character and guys that pay hey, the team and his teammates and his coaches and his parents make more to him than himself, then then you got things going in the right direction.
0: Yeah, I, I that that's you, you you know you you it, the the sell of it. And you, and you try you, you see so much out there now and but you you know you, you can't the the nail you just drove the nail in is that we, you try to tell guys, you know, these guys aren't they're not recruiting they're not recruit they're recruiting the entire package and, and you're gonna get crossed off um more of of not only how you, you act outside of of the, the field but how you know your your you act towards your parents or or even how your parents act um you know towards you no, no no coach or or no one wants to to deal with you know outside influences especially it's it's tough um as tough as things are now you know you you want the kids to be focused on on you know getting better playing and development and you know you're you're recruiting the whole package you you don't just recruit you know that yeah this guy's this guy's got ability man he he can make us better but there are so many other things that are outside that affect you know not only him but could affect us and and you got sometimes you have to walk away right I mean you can't just you're just like yeah he, he this guy's this guy we, we can't take a chance on this guy though there's just too many other. Things out there that that just don't fit. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, I mean, we're not saying we're looking for perfect people, right? Because we we all we all we've all made mistakes in our lives. Hundred percent.
0: You know, if, if, if you haven't made a mistake, you probably lying to yourself, right? Um, and, and and we, you know, don't get wrong. We we give
1: kids second chances because I think people they deserve second chances. Now, is, can do you learn from the mistakes you've made. Um, and that's why in the recruiting process, we try to talk to multiple people. Um, you know, because one person, yeah, their opinion matters. There's no doubt, and there's value to it. Um, but you know, that one person, you know, maybe issue with that young man, and hopefully, you call three people,
0: and those issues—that's you know, a five-star day when you get that, right? But, you know, if there's issues know, how do
1: you work through it? Is this something that you can overcome? You know, is it on the field issue? Is it an off the field issue? Is it an academic issue? Is it, is it you know, a, a social issue? Um, you know, where is that? And, and, and I think that, I think that, um, you know, that, that's just part of the process. And, and, and I think these young people, you know, they, they need to know that there's always people watching them with social media I mean, we've got we've got people, you know, in our program that they, you know, I, I follow a lot of recruits and stuff you know, on social media. But we have some other avenues in social media that are following following guys that they don't they have no clue that they're affiliated with Clemson baseball, and, and I'll get a report that hey, this young man put this on there, you know, this is very very <laughs> you know sketchy, and then we probably mark them off the list because that's character showing that. He, he doesn't think the people are watching him. Um, you know, if he's doing it, is he gonna change? Maybe. But if you got a, if you got Johnny, who is kind of a high-character guy, and Stevie, and they're the same type of talent player, that's had a couple mistakes. Yeah, you, as a, as a coach, you're gonna go with Johnny, right? Trusting more. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it's it's a it's a unique time in our game and socially and baseball-wise and, um, you know, everything that we do. And we have to, in today's society, you know, we're going to dot every I and cross every T in the recruiting process with the guys that we're bringing in here and even our guys on our team now.
0: Again, just want to say thank you to Bradley LaCroix, assistant baseball coach, recruiting coordinator, at Clemson University for coming on the podcast today. Uh, really excited to have them. Great insight, great information. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to the progress and uh, of what following Clemson throughout the course of the season. Got some dirtbag players that uh, are part of that program. Want get, to get to our official sponsors, Impact Baseball. Uh, Since 2001, Impact Baseball has been operating and hosting showcase tournaments and camps, as well as recognizing and promoting high school and middle school baseball players throughout the country. 301 Catching, your source for catching information. Check them out. You can check them both out on impactbaseball.com and 301catching.com. Thanks again to our guest today, Bradley LaCroix, and we will talk to you next week.